Elvis is in the building, townies. Elvis is in the building. On a beautiful, crystal clear evening in the valley, it is this town with yours truly and one Alex Tablian. Tabs, what's going on? Oh, not much, Jim. Just, you know, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So beautiful, I got to remain six feet away from every person I see. And uh, now everyone's wearing face masks. So, you know, it's a really, uh, really great time to see everyone's beautiful smiles. I have, well, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but. I really enjoyed wearing a mask this week. I really did. <laughs> because I got to do something I never thought I'd be able to do. And I have the coronavirus to thank for this. I got if, to wear a was, mask. If hold on. If it's rob a bank, we got big problems. I, well, no, not rob a bank. But I, I got to walk into a bank with a mask on and nobody flinched. <laughs> it was kind of cool. Now, if you got- walked in with a paper bag, we'd have bigger problems. <laughs> You know, I like how far could you push that? Like, if you walked in with a duffel bag and a mask, would they say anything? Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> what, hold, on. What, hold the phone. What right. color? What, what color was the mask? That's the better question. Oh, you know what? Uh, the miss. My mother-in-law uh, bought these homemade ones. Okay. So it's not exactly crit blue, but um, it's it's pretty close. I mean, at least you're not in Compton. That, that would be a lot harder to get away with. Uh, Clovis. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're in Clovis, that's that's a Clovis high cougar blue. No, it's uh, not actually. It, it, it's definitely not. It's not cougar blue. It's not. It's 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 darker than that. Oh, it's darker than. Okay, all right. So it we're, is. Talking, we're talking. We're talking Clovis East Timberwolf. I got you. Ooh, harsh. Way after my time, but I got you. You know, hey, you got to go with what's available. Right. So, well, speaking of Clovis, nice yeah, segue. I like that. Welcome, Very good. You're, you're learning. I like mm-hmm. that. Clovis had a fun week. Clovis, Clovis had a fun day. Yeah. Had a fun day with two days ago, Monday. Right. Or Tuesday. I honest to God, the days are blending together like they've never blended before. There's like this amalgam. But I think it was I think it was Monday, correct? Right. Yes. Mo- so Monday for folks at home, uh, the city of Clovis, uh, you know, is wrapping up a pretty successful Easter weekend, you know, for, for folks in the city of Fresno, in the city of Clovis, uh, both cities on Friday. So even further back, uh, rolled out these new, uh, updated shelter in place ordinances. And these ordinances required, uh, that, uh, obviously people shelter at home, uh, during the holiday, they, uh, shut down city parks, uh, for this, for the weekend, because they didn't want anyone picnicking during Easter, which is very common, not only in Fresno and Clovis, heck, it's common basically in the Valley because uh, there were a lot of cities that did this. But one of the things that both cities did that was kind of interesting, not that unexpected in Fresno, but a little unexpected in Clovis, was they told folks, if you do not comply with the shelter-in-place order, you will be subject to a an administrative fine of up to a hundred thousand. I'm sorry, a hundred. Excuse me, a thousand dollars. Not a hundred thousand dollars, right? One thousand right. um, dollars, and and uh, that caused a lot of consternation in even in Fresno, but certainly in Clovis, where really the, the city's been not to not to say that they've been lax, but they've been pretty they've been pretty lax 
with with coronavirus enforcement, they've not been nearly as aggressive as the city of Fresno. Um, and so you, you go through a whole weekend. Both cities had these orders in place, upgraded, more teeth behind them, much more enforcement. Um, not a single one of them issued a ticket over the Easter weekend, which is pretty positive news no matter right. who you are. You know, right. no, one was, no one was out there breaking the law, doing anything, you know, in, insane on, on a holiday weekend. Uh, and, and both cities were very happy to tout that fact that they didn't have any, you know, anybody who was breaking the law, you know, getting these thousand dollar fines or any businesses that were breaking the rules after getting a warning. Um, that didn't really stop people from being p- very upset, <laughs> did it, Jim? People were still pretty mad. Well, it was it was it put us in a in, in a difficult spot on Monday because usually when there's some political insider BS that happens, usually it's a friend of ours going up against someone who isn't a friend of ours, right? Um, I will tell you this: the city of Clovis is not the city of Fresno in their council uh, hearings. City of Clovis is very methodical, very sterile, very by the book, and very uh, uh, organized. There isn't a lot of pomp and circumstance when it comes to the City of Clovis's council hearings. In, there- in, 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 the, in the news business, we refer to this as no news is good news. Or most other people, you know, boring. So. Yeah. So for anything to happen in the city of Clovis in, when it pertains to their council hearings um, is news because it very rarely happens. So on Facebook, because everything always happens on social media now, uh, a friend of the show, uh, Diane Pierce, who uh, I forget, she's the president, vice president, vice chair, chairwoman. I forget what her title is for the, uh, what is it? The Fresno County Cities Republican Women Federated. I do right. believe I got, did I get that right? I, no, but it's fine. What did I get wrong? <laughs> it's a lot. Of, I think it's like the, I think it's the Fresno County. I don't know. There's it's a lot dumb. of letters. It's There's dumb. A, it's, That's it what it is. Short, it needs to be shortened. To like They've got to shorten the name. It's, it's like it's, a, it's like a, it's like Fresno City and County. It's, there's a lot of words, but the, the long and short for folks at home is the, the Fresno County Republican Women's Federated Organization, which is, is you know a pretty robust group. If if you've ever, I don't know, Jim, have you been to one of their lunches? No, I uh, uh, no, I, I I I can get egg salad sandwiches at home. Ooh, um, cold. cold. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, But no, so it's, listen, it is a respected organization. Diane is a friend and she does very, very well on Sunday Morning Matters. I have been on television with her, I don't know, two, three years now. And um, she does very, very well. Uh, there's nothing more yeah. I can say about that. She's yeah. uh, well read. She knows the uh, the issues, the topics. She has an opinion. She's professional, no doubt about it. Um, I don't know Jeremy uh, that well. Her husband Jeremy Pierce. You know uh, him much better than I do. Um, I do. For, for the for for the interest of public disclosure, I, I used to work with Jeremy when he was uh, when he was a candidate running for uh, for city council four years ago. In the city, uh, in the in city, city of, Fresno. of Fresno, in the city of Fresno, right. he was running. Uh, in Northeast Fresno against uh, one Gary Bredefeld, another friend of the program. Double uh, R. Yeah, double, double R. Yeah, double, double R. R had a runoff with Jeremy Pierce because a high school kid 
got enough votes to have Gary only have like 49.6% and they had to go to a runoff. Correct. Correct. It was, uh, it was, uh, we, to this day, I think that high school kid, I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, but, but uh, he, he, he really, he really he made, helped. He made you a couple more bucks is what you're saying, right? I mean, he, well, he definitely, he definitely made, uh, he definitely gave us a fun summer. Let's put it that way. We had, yeah. we had a good time after the prime, after the right. primary. So but, anyway, um, so, so the Pierce family, uh, we we're friends with in one way or another. <laughs> Yeah. So over the past year or so, they have moved to the city of Clovis. And this was the first time that I had seen Jeremy or Diane uh, sort of engage in city of Clovis politics on social media. And I, I am I do know most of the Clovis City Council fairly well. Uh, full disclosure, I did work on a campaign with Bob Whalen. Geez, ten years ago now. Um, it's been ten years. Two thousand ten. Yeah. Holy cow! That does not seem that long ago. Right. Uh, current mayor Drew Bessinger is a friend. I mean, listen, this is this is all home team stuff right now. So when the city of Clovis uh, put out this edict about the up to a thousand dollars over the weekend, one of the news outlets uh, reported on it, and the city of Clovis felt that they did a poor job reporting on it and did not do uh, their due diligence on reporting it correctly. So the mayor of Clovis, Drew Bessinger, uh, on social media, who is not a... I, I wouldn't say that he is an engaging person on social media. He isn't on their everyday... He's not a keyboard. He's, he is a literal warrior, not a keyboard warrior. Correct. He's yeah. not. He's not an Alex Tavlin or Jim Veros on social media who just pops off about anything. Like it, when when Drew's on there, it's usually about an issue of some kind. Um. So he went on there and, and tried to clarify uh, the city's stance over Easter weekend. The the both Diane and Jeremy uh, on Monday uh, said that they were displeased with the city of Clovis. And that they took issue with this edict that the, that the city had passed down and that they were going to be commenting on that during the city of Clovis uh, council uh, meeting, which was obviously on uh, Zoom or one of those uh, webinar uh, apparatuses. So that's where that started was, oh, my gosh, people that we're friends with um Aren't aren't happy, so so we didn't know what to do with that at that point. It, well, and, and and there's there's a lot of and I, I'll say this. So there there's a, a lot on the front end. You know, as you as you mentioned, Jim, there's a lot of the you know the news the news media not properly reporting what is or isn't in a emergency order. And, and as as someone on the other side of this fence, um, I I've seen it come down where you know you know and again i i don't like popping off with this a lot i don't like throwing my three favorite letters down but as a as a lawyer like i i look at this and it is what it is right you look at it you look at these emergency orders they're executive orders being issued by someone in power you know so usually in the case of the city of both fresno and clovis it's it's a city manager who's serving as the emergency services coordinator um and I, I kind of have to tell people it's it. I, I've had to explain this to folks that like the you know if if you're looking at this you know from a military perspective, 
those people are empowered to do things just like the president is empowered to do things in time of war. Um, but the moment the war is over, the moment this pandemic's over, a lot of these powers just vanish. They, they rescind them and they're gone. But at the same time, they're issuing these orders and the, the information, you know, what, what they're providing is not really all that ambiguous. Right. Um, and, and what we've seen though, is because, you know, this is, you know, a lot of people are very uncomfortable using the full coercive power of government to its maximum power, maximum effect um, b- because they don't think it's either necessary or they feel like it's heavy handed. They've tried to soften the blow. Right. So, you know, like, I mean, I remember, and I had this conversation with, with our friend uh, Mark Stanford at the city of Fresno, you know, when they first rolled out the quarantine order, the, the shelter in place order that, you know, they had to caution people that, well, it's not an, it's not an order. And the first word, the second word on the entire document is order. It's an executive order. And I had to go back and say, no, 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 like it, it's an order. You, you guys are ordering people to do this. Whether you enforce it is entirely up to the city. And they decided, you know, we're going to just gently tell people to do this with an order, but we're not really going to enforce it. We're just going to, you know, very strongly, you know, or as I've called it, a coercive advisory. We're going to advise you to do this in the most strong language we can before we have to do something. And then obviously this last week they said, no, we're going to find you if you don't do it. If you don't do it, you're in trouble. See ya. Here's a thousand bucks. Talk to a judge. And Clovis did the same thing. Um, and, and so um, the language, you know, the, the issue that kind of first came out in Clovis was, you know, whether there was a warning policy, you know, whether people were going to get warned before they got fined. And the language of the, of the order is kind of ambiguous about that. Um, doesn't really make it super clear if there is a warning that can be issued before they just start citing people. Um, and that's kind of, that's really what, where our good friend Jeremy was talking about was that it's a, it's a no strike policy. It's just, you know, if you are not complying with the order, you're subject to a fine. Um, and there's no like give no discretion, but here's for people on the, on the uh, people on the front lines. Right. But the, and I understand what Jeremy was saying and, uh, and, you went to law school. I didn't. But isn't there, I mean, if we were driving and I went too far into the crosswalk, it's up to the police officer to give me a warning or to give me a ticket, correct? He has the discretion. He or she he has, has He or she has the discretion. All police officers have the discretion to enforce the law. Yeah. How does this make it any different? Well, and, and the answer is it doesn't. But there was, and this is where we get into sort of parsing things. Right. Is the city of Clovis on Friday is getting upset because the language of the order doesn't give that discretion, but the actual implementation does. And, and so it, it's people trying to have things a little bit of both ways when in reality, you know, I think we can, we can sort of split the baby and say in, in, in effect, yeah, there's discretion on the ground. Obviously, no one was fined. Were, were there people out in Clovis last weekend who were violating this rule? Probably. It's a big city. It's 200,000 people. I'm going to wager someone in the city of Clovis was out there conducting non-essential business, not maintaining six feet of separation. Something stupid was happening last weekend in the city of Clovis. The, 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 the numbers just are there. If it, you know, and, and that's not a knock on Clovis. There certainly were equal, you know, proportionally the same number happening in Fresno. But the question is, are they going to get a warning and a, you know, a little rap on the knuckles? Are they going to get thrown a thousand dollar administrative fine 
just to make a point. And, and the answer is they're going to go with the prior rather than the latter. I also think that in times of emergency that we're, that, that we're in right now, it still goes back to the person that is making the opinion on where they stand with that order. So if you are a person that is taking this serious and is staying at home and is wearing a mask and really does feel that we are in times of great danger, then I think that person says, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, then you won't get fined. If you are a person like someone that was protesting in Lansing, Michigan today with a Confederate flag saying, you can't stop me from leaving my house and I'm going to do what I want to do. Then you're going to say, you're, I think you're going to fight this. I think you're going to say, well, what if a police officer who doesn't like my shirt and I just happen to be outside in a garage doing a podcast, uh, they could find me a thousand dollars. Technically they're both right. The question is, is, what did you have to do to anger that police officer for him or her to say, you're clearly not listening to the order. I've asked you a question and you've ticked me off. Here's the ticket. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I'm sure, I'm sure there are a lot of people who love use of force questions and, and love those quandaries quite a bit and that deal with this in a non-emergency setting and are probably yelling at their whatever they're listening to when they listen to this, um, because this is the judgment call that has to be made all the time. Um, and, I, and I think that there's no, there, there's always guidelines, there's always a you know, general guidance, but I don't think there's a clear fine line as to what's gonna, what it's going to be. Right. Um, but I do think the underlying, there's an underlying issue with all of this, which is we are, and it's not, uh, you know, whether you're, you know, a concerned citizen of Clovis looking to, you know, get in, you know, staying involved and in, in evaluating what's being put in front of you and just saying, hey, you know, this, this seems a little aggressive. This seems a little unnecessary. Or you're full on protesting in Lansing, Michigan. Right. Uh, in, in a very, mis very misguided way. <laughs> Are you <laughs> suggesting that it wasn't it wasn't Halloween early? When uh, people were wearing Davy Crockett hats, walking around with their AR, uh, trying to say "Don't tread on me" with a Confederate flag, saying that I, I demand to be able to play golf in the middle of a snowstorm, are, are you suggesting that that may have just been a little bit of theater? I mean, it's it's a lot of it. Theater, <laughs> I think is the bigger thing. First of all, who's wearing? The, I hold the phone. Who's wearing a Davy Crockett hat and toting a Confederate flag? Uh, that's what I want to know. Uh, apparently, 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 that's the, it's, uh, apparently that's, that's the um, that's the central casting folks that you go to when you're trying to get a "Don't Tread on Me" attitude going with your elected officials. Jeez, I, you got to get your people in line, Vera. So I'm not. I, I listen. I I'm sorry. <laughs> I I grew up with running. I grew up with books and running water. So I don't know what to tell you in regards to people that are doing that. Um, sure. But, but, under, but underlying both those scenarios, right? right? What's happened in, what happened in Clovis this week, what's happened in Michigan is this current, and, and we have, I've had so many conversations with you about this and, and other people. Um, we are coming to a head at right. a certain point. The cabin fever 
is the, to keep Davy Crockett going. The cabin fever is is getting to a fever pitch. At a at a we're we're hitting an element, and I and I think this week Gavin Newsom is realizing it. Local officials, you know, Mayor Lee Brand, you know, from from everything we're hearing, is already assembling a task force to begin evaluating right. methods to reopen the local economy. The state is saying, here's our guidelines for how we'd reopen the statewide economy, and then we're also going to do it in coordination with two other states, well, Oregon and, and Washington. Well, and the other thing, too, is that I, I, I did speak to some of our, uh, our friends and some other elected officials this week by saying it was a lot easier to shut it down. The question is, how do you reopen it without making the municipality or the state liable? And, well, and, the, and, and you're right. And that's 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 the next thing is it's it's very easy to shut it down. It's how do you open it up without putting the folks that you're supposed to be caring for their well-being at in harm's way if you think that they're still in harm's way. Well, you're you're absolutely right. And 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 an element of that, and you know, again, I've I've told you that many times about you know it's going to be the hardest element. And even even today. Uh, or this earlier today, you know, the, the public health officer for the, for the county of Fresno was like, it's going to be chaotic. No, no questions asked. Whatever it is, it's going to be chaotic and it's going to be chaotic on multiple levels. He's he was referring in the medical sense, but even in the societal sense, it's going to be tough. Um, the, as I as I told our similarly, our friends elsewhere, we are at a point where for the first time in a literal sense, um, we will have municipal, state, federal government actively choosing winner and loser industries. And, and so when, when, you know, every time in the last 50 years you've heard about government picking winners and losers. Right. You ain't seen nothing yet. You're, this is really going to – you're really going to see what it looks like when the government chooses you to, you know, no longer be – when you be, are converted from non-essential to essential – or you're converted from non-essential to allowable, whatever you want to call that next class, that distinction is it will be make or break for a lot of people. I mean, we're seeing in, in the local economy, we're seeing retail and restaurants just shellacked by closures. Um, most of the layoffs in the, the county of Fresno are retail and restaurants. We know a couple in, in, in food processing that are, they're not tied to coronavirus, but every other one is either retail or restaurants. And so the question is like, well, of those two major, those two industries, which make up a lot of workforce, who's going to get the first bite of the apple. Right. And I think you and I are in some agreement that retail is probably next to come non-essential retail is next to be opened. If it's going to be something they're, they're, easily adaptable because it's not that different than going to the grocery store. Well, and my concern is um, a relapse in the virus infection. Take a look at what's going, what happened in South Dakota with Richfield processing. You had what? 300, 300 uh, workers uh, get the coronavirus in, in a Richfield meat plant. What were to happen? Oh, you, mean, you mean, you mean Smithfield, Smithfield, sorry, Richfield, yeah. Smithfield. Sorry. Apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, what would that, what would happen if that would happen here? Oh yeah, no. It, at, there, at, there are, at any prominent food-based business here in the valley, what happens? You know, it's once again we can start ramping it up. But what you're doing is that you are ramping it up, in a, to a point to where you think that nothing's going to happen on a large scale. Do you have a plan in place, a contingency plan in place, 
to shut it back down again. And that that is the that is kind of the looming act three. Right. So to what speak. happens? What happens if, if there's if there's a if there's a double dip? Where is it? Right. How are we going to be able to handle it? Right. What happens when we 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 start reopening things? It's in the summertime. Kids are still not in school. We go back to school in August, and all of a sudden, one of our schools has an outbreak with all their teachers. Yeah. 50 teachers, 75 teachers get it. I'm sorry. Are you just going to shut down one high school? No, you're back to, you're you're back back to, to square one. So, yeah. so once again, I don't think it's just reopening. It is what is the contingency plan if it hits the fan 30 days later, 60 days later, 90 days later. 180 days later, and what people will say is, well, Jim, I'm not a fortune teller. I don't know. And I will say, BS, that's your job to have contingency plans. So if you're going to start reopening stuff, cool. Walk me through if it hits the fan again. Yeah, absolutely. But back to Clovis, because we got we got we, we got we got to finish that story. Um, so Jeremy Pierce went on uh, Facebook and had a video and I don't know if it's a, a reoccurring thing that he's he's doing um, and had an opinion that he felt that the Clovis City Council was uh, overreaching and that he was going to uh, let the, the council know that and he went ahead and issued a public comment for that item on the council um very rarely do you see Clovis elected officials react to the general public's comments. You just don't see it. I, I can you remember a time? I don't remember a time. The only the only other time that I've seen any oh boy, and and I'm sure there's been intervening issues, and but this is the la- the last time when I was living in this area is before I I moved away for college and law school was um, there was a big fight over. Actually, another friend of mine now, but at the time I didn't know him. Uh, his name is Jacob Belemgian. He was opening up a uh, gun range in Clovis. Oh, that's and right. It caused, a huge, it caused a huge stink for like two weeks. That's right. Um, but that was the only other time. And, and he, 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 was, he won that fight. He, he bet all the conditions and the city council saw. But it did not stop people. There were neighbors to where he was going to set up shop right. um, from causing a big, big you know, stink. So that's the only other time in the last, and again, that was, shoot, that was probably 2011, 2012. So, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen something, but I, and I've all, but I'll admit I've been out of town, you know, for a stretch. So easily could have been something in between, but it's, that doesn't ha- it happens right. how it often happens. I think Haley's comment comes by more often <laughs> than there's a blow up on the Clovis city council. Well, and, and this wasn't a blow up. Um, so well, well I, you're gonna you're gonna go there. <laughs> well, I, I don't think it was a blow up. I, what I would say that I thought that the conversation that the Clovis City Council had regarding this issue was a professional conversation. Uh, uh, Council Member uh, Whalen and and Vong uh, both uh, said that they thought that it, it felt a little heavy handed. While um, uh, Flores and Bessinger and Lynn uh, all said, uh, yeah, tough. I mean, that's pretty much, I, I'm paraphrasing, but like, 
Listen, uh, yeah, you, you had you had a you had you had a disagreement, right. but you know, uh, just what it and is. And you had Clovis PD coming out and saying, "Hey, listen, we don't want our police officers to have to make a judgment call on is this a hundred dollar fine, a two hundred fifty dollar fine, a five hundred dollar fine." Uh, when you said up to a hundred uh, up to a thousand dollars, what is the um, the threshold? We don't want to make mistakes, so either a warning. Or you're getting a thousand dollar fine, and you will have to go in front of an administrative judge, and then that judge can then reduce it, not the city. So that was the back and forth about it. I thought it was very professional. There was no snark. There was no uh, grandstanding of any kind. Um, and they went ahead and 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 did the vote, and it was it was five zero. But they read Jeremy Pierce's comment into the record which you really i mean correct me if i'm wrong that's not a thing usually correct do they read it into the record yeah. no right so so especially not not comment that is uh provided electronically so so typically under california's open meeting laws you know you can you can you go in person you are allowed a certain amount of time depending on the volume of comments that are being submitted but in the modern age, we've now had these e-comments. So you can submit electronic comment before the meeting even happens on a subject. And so a lot of people, especially in the city of Fresno, have been doing this because you know, they don't need to, the appeal to the members of the city council is not needed. They don't need to actually show up and, and give their two minute presentation. They can, they can just send it via email and then you know, make direct contact. They don't need to go through the rigmarole of showing up at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday. And so, uh, so yeah, this is, this is uncommon to have it read into the record, even in, in spite of the coronavirus related uh, technological changes of how the, how the meetings are being administered. Correct. So they read Jeremy Pierce's comment into the record. Now for folks that don't know, Jeremy Pierce uh, has a very successful business and that business is that he is a Elvis impersonator. Uh, and supposedly he's very good. Um, I, I had no idea. I've talked to Diane a few times about it. And she'll tell me about the shows. And and listen, uh, I, I had no idea that that kind of business would be that successful. But apparently it is. And good for him. Uh, as, someone, as someone who's, who's attended the show at Roger Rockas, uh, factual. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's impressive. Oh, so you've been. I've been, I've been to a show. Um, I went to a show Jeremy did at Roger Rockets a couple of years ago. And again, I, I went in with sort of the, you know, what's this going to be? And it was, it was fantastic. It was a great time. Um, so I, you know, credit words do the guy. Oh, absolutely. The guy has natural talent. Like he is really good. And he's, he's a really good Elvis. Like I, you know, you see him in Vegas all the time, but like he is a, and, and, and based on my conversation with Jeremy and, and Diane, like, they know all the Vegas Elvises. Like it's it, there's like a whole community out there that exists. And so and, and so and so they're part of it. It's, and, but they but he is a very good Elvis. I'll, I'll say that. And and to quote one of our friends, it makes no difference to me how a man provides for his family. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so that's that's what Jeremy does for a living. So anyway, so they read Jeremy's uh, uh, comment into the record. Now Mayor Drew Bessinger, before. Uh, or, or right after the vote, Drew stops the city clerk and says, actually, I want something read into the record. And 
I was listening, obviously, and I thought he was going to have an opinion, like he was going to, uh, you know, try to clarify something again. Yeah, it's just normal, normal stuff. And Mara Bessinger starts reading a quote, and you could tell it was an American quote that wasn't really uh, wasn't a modern quote. You could tell it had been uh, quite a while, and it. paraphrasing this quote it was about leadership and it was about when you're in a place of leadership you're going to make decisions that people like you're going to make decisions that people don't like um you're going to make mistakes and people will be upset with you and they're allowed to be upset with you because you've chosen to be the leader and i'm totally paraphrasing this but it was a very uh, very stoic quote about two paragraphs and he reads it And Mayor Bessinger says that quote was by President Theodore Roosevelt. He pauses and says, not Elvis. And I just, I'm I'm staring at my phone. I'm going, oh boy. And to my surprise, I did hear in the background council laughing. I have never heard that before. I've never heard that in Clovis Council. Never have. I, I expected a, a an uncomfortable hush. There wasn't any. So I was shocked that 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 uh, that Drew took it that personal. Um, I reached out to him uh, instantly after the meeting to get some some clarification. I thought he would. I thought he'd walk it back a little bit. Uh, because I mean, that's what most politicians do. I mean, there'll be a dust. I mean, we've seen that between Miguel Arias and, and, and Gary Bredefeld. We've seen that between Miguel Arias and, and, and Lee Brand. I mean, like the, there's, there's dust ups and then there's like a little bit of time, you know, that you catch your breath and then uh, you get back to being a politician. So I reached out to mayor Bester and said, you know, wow, he didn't walk it back at all nothing nothing at all he goes yeah um he, i i didn't like what uh i didn't like what what jeremy said um he was you know what he said in uh in his you know he could have talked to me and we could have been professional but he chose to uh say a few things that i felt were inappropriate so that's my response and you don't like it stick it I was not expecting that. Were you expecting that? No, I, I wasn't expecting that. I, uh, but the reason why I wasn't expecting that isn't so much that I, because of Drew, because of Jeremy, because of Elvis leaving the building. Like I, the, the reason why I wasn't expecting that, honest to God, is because there is so little to go off of um, with that city council. Like you know, again in Fresno, you can you can blow up at someone and walk away and two hours later you know especially if it's before lunch at a Fresno city council meeting you're probably going to run into that person at club one casino and they're you know in their lunch room i mean like that's that happens so frequently that like you know it's almost not not to make it unserious but it's almost like a wwe fight you know right. there's a there's a there's a key there's a key fabe that exists on the dais and the moment you're off the dais it, you're a whole other person and, and, um, not, for some people that doesn't necessarily equate, but for a lot of people, it does for, you know, for probably five of seven in Fresno, that's probably the way it goes. Five of seven members 
you know, that you're really, you know, who they are on and off the diet's not the same person. Right. Um, and in Clovis, you, you just don't ever get that feeling because to be perfectly honest, I would be shocked if people in Clovis really knew a lot about their city council members, not because they're not informed voters, but because they probably don't watch a lot of meetings. Right. Like, I mean, how, how many meetings of the Clovis City Council have you watched in the last year, Jim? You live there. You know what? I have been a Clovis resident for about eight years now. And the only time I've ever been to, to council chambers was on an issue that uh, that I was working on. You know, so I mean, like, I would know four. Four, four in eight years. So that's <laughs> one every two years. Yeah. You're, but so I've actually, that I've actually, like, sat and watched. Yeah. But four. So you're, you're basically your, – your attendance at a city council meeting is about the same as you voting in you – know, you, you, you're like a mid to low propensity city council. <laughs> yeah, right. Attendee. Sure, sure. No, but I feel like that's the, that's the thing. So, so like any time that someone comes out there and takes a, a, a folding chair and smacks it over, you know, uh, you know over a, a, certainly a member of the public, like that's pretty, pretty shocking. You, you um, don't see that. You don't. You don't, don't see that very often. No, I don't see that very often. I don't. I mean, you don't see that ever in Clovis, but you certainly you don't even see that often in Fresno. It's pretty rare. You know, they, people try to keep their composure. Um, you know, I think. I mean, even even some of the more um, unfiltered of our elected officials in, in the past decade, even they have had pretty good restraint when it comes to public comment. Well, I um, used to, I used to joke about that with Council Member Baines, uh, and I forgot I forget what the issue was. And somebody stood up and uh, during public comment and was just giving him the business was called not, not names, but was really writing. Yeah. You know, the usual stuff you're, you know, you're in the pockets of some special interest. I mean, like not calling him a a particular name or insult, but boy, that line was right there. And uh, I, I, I talked to, I talked to council member Baines after, and I said, one of these days, one of you guys are going to get so pissed off that you're going to say, you know what, sir? I've been nice to you for a year and a half. You come up here. You call me names. You're unprofessional. I've tried to be nice. I've tried to be cool with you. You refuse to do it. You grandstand at my expense. That's fine. This, when this meeting's over with at about 9 o'clock tonight, I'll see you in the parking lot. I want it to happen one time because no one ever does it. No one's ever afraid to see anybody else in public after the meeting. No one's afraid that someone's going to take a hockey punch right to the side of their face. No one is afraid of that. And in, I think in larger uh, metro, uh, metropolitan areas, uh, you know, especially on, on, the, on the East Coast, you've got that. You've got that little, like, you don't cross, you know, there, there are lines you just you don't just cross. don't cross those lines, and I think here we have habitual line steppers uh, in Fresno and Clovis, and I think that's why when Mayor Bessinger did what he did, a lot of us were taken back by it, not because it was some grand insulting thing, but it was you you're just not used to that. Well, I I have to. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there, there is an element of we're not used to it. I also think there's an element of when it happens, because you, you reference the East Coast, you, you know, and I guess to an extent there's the Midwest element too. But like when it happens on the West Coast, like it's so out of place. 
that and it's not part of the tradition right um, again like like you know fresno clovis la it's not you know it's not chicago it's not boston it's not detroit um they're they don't run the same way but like I, i've seen i've seen like the officials in california try to get overtly aggressive um not to the point of like seeing the parking lot but roughly the same like in the same in the same vein um they look like they look like clowns like they they look bizarre i mean in the best example i i started seeing it this last year uh was the board chairman in, in the san luis uh, san luis Obispo county board of supervisors and his name is adam hill he just resigned from that position but he would berate reporters berate members of the public um you know engage in all sorts of crazy business crazy activities uh, to the point that now he, he, his house got raided by the fbi just after getting reelected. <laughs> nice i mean like that right. that that's the kind of that's the kind of activity like there, there comes a point where like it, it's you it's almost either an integral part of your character right. as an elected official or it's just not part of the tra- the tradition of, of politics. Now, I will correct um, you. I will correct you on one thing only because yeah. I, I I'm a little bit older than you. I remember when the strong mayor system was implemented and it was uh, Jim Patterson was the mayor and. I talked about this. I want to say I talked about this with uh, former supervisor Henry Perea last time we were on Sunday Morning Matters together. It was, I wouldn't say back in the good old days, but when it was Jim Patterson and Bob Lung and Sal Quintero and Dan Ronquillo and all those guys. And this is before you had social media and camera phones and all this stuff. And you, the only way you got to watch it is if you were there or if you were watching public access. I'm telling you, there were wars up there, wars between Lung and Patterson and 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 Ronquillo and Contero, uh, Michael Aaron Woody, like all these guys. They would, they would. It was, it was theater at its best and worst. I think what is when social media uh, took over is when we got a little more buttoned up around here. Well, and do you, do you think a, a driver behind that largely stems from the fact that um, you don't have to you don't have to do your dirty work in public? You could just it's you know it's 140 characters and you're done. Yeah, or you can hire someone to do propaganda and have them do it for you on 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 the internet. But you know, I mean, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes no difference to me how a man makes his money. So you know. <laughs> No, I, I think I think you're right. I I, I, I absolutely do. Um, and times are different. And maybe that's good and maybe that's bad. But to wrap up the, the city of Clovis thing, um, I'm wondering if this is the end of it. I think it is. Um, I'm not sure politically where this goes. It probably stops there. But that's that's pretty much what was in the news uh, regarding uh, this order. So uh, right now, uh, if you're in Clovis and you are doing something that has been deemed non-essential uh, most likely the pd is going to ask you where you, you know what's going on what are you doing and if you simply go home you'll be fine it's when you lie to the police officer and you don't go home or you resist to go home is where you are going to get a thousand dollar administrative ticket and you're going to have to go in front of a judge yeah so it, it, you gotta thread that needle and you know not get that thousand dollar ticket or or get it you know i mean at the end of the day it's your choice to make right so and besides that man i mean 
that that was pretty much about it around here this week. I mean, that was sort of the exciting stuff going on. Yeah, in, in the in the city of Fresno City, Clovis, and in the county at, at large. Yeah, it's been a it's been a fairly quiet week thus far, and, and you know, still a lot of worries about you know whether or not we're going to hit that peak you know demand on our on our hospital resources. But um, there's there I think we're starting to see a beginning of you know sort of we you know column is sort of taking over. You know, the, the numbers are the numbers, but um, you know, that's, I think that's part of the reason why we're having these, about when are things going to reopen? Because we're finally, you know, it's not everything is an immediate panic. Right, right. Well, hey, next week, we got a show for you guys. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm going to tease it a little bit, but I'm telling you, we're going to do something. Well, hold, that we hold, on, hold on, Jim. What's that? You got to taco about it. You got to, you got to give them a wow. lot of flavor. You got to give them a lot of flavor. <laughs> wow yes i would say you have to taco about it i i I will tell you this this what we are planning next week for our show is is gonna be huge it's gonna be a huge show we're gonna roll out you you watch it it's gonna be a huge show um we're working on it it's gonna be next week but if you like tacos and you like taco trucks and you like politics you're going to like next week's show. So anyways, thank you again for, uh, for listening to the podcast. Make sure you sign up at uh, uh, whatever sort of uh, uh, platform that you are listening on. Thank you for signing up for that. Where are we at with iTunes? I keep getting at, people asked about iTunes. What do we got to do with iTunes? We are, we are in process. I promise you all. <laughs> for all of you, all of you guys who are out there, you know, over six foot tall running during the coronavirus pandemic, complaining in my emails and on my text messages about where are we on iTunes? We're getting there. I promise. I promise. Just hang with us. We're almost there. So uh, we will definitely see you next week for Alex Tavlian. I am Jim Vero. Stay safe out there and we'll see you later. Thanks Townies. This town is a lonely town Not the only town Like this town This town Is a make-you town Or a break-you town